an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni. On VSIN, the sports betting network. Hope everybody's having a good morning as we welcome you into the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM on a Sunday alongside Michael Lombardi out there in Jersey. I'm Stormy Bonantoni holding it down at our VSIN studio at Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. And while, ladies and gentlemen, yes, we have a very heavy NBA program, especially here in the first hour today, getting you set for game two in the NBA finals. We'll also have Vic Lombardi, Nuggets reporter, coming up in about a half an hour, followed by our senior NBA handicapper, Jonathan Von Tobel, to close out hour one. So lots of NBA here early, but we got to start the show the only way I know how. And that's with the how about them Golden Knights, Michael Lombardi. Oh, you know, when you started the show, everybody's having no one's having a better day than you are this morning. I mean, the, the alarm clock didn't even bother you this morning. You're just so excited to kind of be happy about your Golden Knights. I love it, you know, and and they did something that I, I don't think, you know, that that many people, including you, thought was possible, which they were able to score goals <laughs> against the, a goalkeeper that had, had been really dynamic all the way through to put five put, put five pucks it behind him is fairly remarkable. So, uh, yeah, you got to be having one hell of a day to start your day this morning, Stormy. Riding on cloud nine, the early wake-up call did not bother me one bit. You are correct. Um, but when it comes to Sergei Bobrovsky, <laughs> he came into this game on an 11-1 stretch. He had a 1.95 goals against average, 9.42 save percentage, and then ends up with a, a 5-2 loss in this opening game of the Stanley Cup final. So, yes, very, very impressive that they were able to do that. And especially after the way this game started, Michael, because, you know, you're easing into game one of the Stanley Cup final at home. There's a lot of pressure as you're hitting the ice out there and you get a power play. Like, okay, hey, let's set the tone with an opening goal here on the power play. And instead, the Panthers are on the board first with a shorthanded goal and you wonder if it's just going to be one of those types of days. But, 
My guy, an original misfit, yeah. one of my favorite players on the team, Jonathan Marsh. So he responds at the end of the period to make it 1-1. Um, they come out of the second period tied at two. And then in the third period, it was just like, they did such a good job neutralizing Matthew Kachuk, Matthew Kachuk, finding ways to score on Sergei Bobrovsky and played about as good a game as, as you could play to come out with this win. The total does go over that five and a half. I know our guy Mike Somich liked that play, but the Golden Knights win game one. And we've had a few people on the show, Michael, say they thought whoever was going to win game one might go on to win the series. So I'm I'm fingers crossed that yeah. that might be how this thing plays out. I, I I hope that's true, but I mean, you have to find some comfort, and I was researching this this morning because I know how important it is to you, and I don't want to sound like a complete idiot when it comes to hockey. What a guy. I Love avoid you. the names <laughs> of the players because I can't say the names of the players. I have a hard time saying American names, let alone saying the European names, but, you know, Sergi, uh, I wasn't even going to attempt his last name, but I mean, they've outscored their opponent 5-on-5, 50-23 during the playoffs, so... You know, if they could just not make mistakes, again, the Belichickian belief is you have to avoid losing before you can win. You know, this looks good for the Golden Knights. I certainly hope so. The first period over gets there again. By the way, anybody out there who is interested in any of these trends, um, since game three of Vegas's first round series with Winnipeg, first period overs for Vegas games are 14-2 and two now, so been a really, really nice stretch of cashing those tickets. Uh, Two-point nights from both Jack Eichel and Shea Theodore. Jack Eichel, the leader in the clubhouse, now to have the most points in this series. He's the favorite there. Jonathan Marchessault, um, who we just mentioned, who scored the opening goal for Vegas in this game. He is now your favorite to have the most goals in this series as well, and that's a bet we talked about last week when JVT was on the program. He was 7-1 to one at that point. He's now got... Uh, I want to say 10 goals in the last 11 games. So he's on a really good tear as well. But here's my thing, Michael. I don't want to get too excited. Yes. Because the Golden Knights year, don't, don't. year one against the Washington Capitals, they also won game one. And then things did not pan out for them. They ended up losing that series in five to Washington in 2018. So I got to just slow my roll yeah. here and uh, take a step back. But but hope they Stay can do in it the again. Moment. Yes. Stay in the moment. It's one game at a time. It's one period at a time. You can't You can't get to the ending before you get through the process. So you have to stay. And I think we all, in sports, we have to remind ourselves constantly to really focus not on outcomes or the reaction, but focus on the action. And that's really what, what we need to do, and that's where you can stay grounded. And I'm sure the Panthers are going to come back. I mean, yeah. they didn't get to where they were. They didn't get to, you know, dominating the teams that they worked their way through, yep. uh, you know, and you know, Toronto and beating these teams that everybody thought they were the underdog in, they're going to have a little fight back in them, so it'll be fun. I mean, look, this is what makes sports so good is the chance to compete, the chance to have your team rise above and play a higher level than they ever thought they were capable of playing. So it'll be fun. Absolutely. They are not your average eight seed, so nothing to mess around with here in this series, especially in the Stanley Cup final where you know there's not going to be a lot of open ice, and we certainly saw a lot of chippiness and physicality in the third period as well. So I, I anticipate a fun one moving forward as far as the numbers go. Um, Vegas up to a minus 140 favorite in game two coming up on Monday. Panthers plus 120. The total still going to be five and a half. And in the series price, Vegas up now from minus 120 to minus 220. So if you think that the Florida Panthers can come Come back. They're available there at a decent plus 180 price. But okay, we had my moment. Make sure you get a review, by the way, from your son, because I know he was at the game yesterday. I want to know what he thought of, I know the, he was there. of the entertainment. Yeah, I, so 
Get a review I, for me. I think it might have been like his second hockey game. I know we took him to a game once, Millie and I. We went down and saw the San Jose Sharks when I was working for the Raiders in Oakland. But I don't know how many he's been to. So, But I know this. He sent me a video of the of the opening yeah. ceremony. It was incredible. So, yeah, it, it's a it's a great event. There's no question. It's uh, It makes you think again back to when people said that sports couldn't work here in Vegas. Yeah, okay. Um, I think that yeah, they've right. proven pretty okay. well that, that things are all right. Let's, uh, let's turn our attention, though, to the NBA because it is game two coming up tonight in the NBA Finals. Five o'clock tip-off on ABC Pacific, 8 Eastern. Um, same spread as we saw in game one, sitting there pretty comfortably at... At the Nuggets as an eight and a half point home favorite at Ball Arena. The total, there was a significant move from the from the 219 that we saw in game one to opening 214 and a half. Now we're seeing some people buying in on the over here, we're seeing 215 and a half, 216, which hearing you and Femi talk yesterday was something you kind of expected. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, you know, as I've mentioned before, everybody would have thought that. Miami shot the worst that they did from the three-point line, which they did. But Denver was even below 30%. And so I don't know if that trend's going to continue. I think what JVT said yesterday on our show about the pace, pushing it more, I think both teams will shoot better in this game. Mm -hmm. And even though, you know, it's a playoff game and they're letting them play, there's no way that if you know Eric Spolstra and how he coaches, is he's, his team is only going to get to the line two times. I mean, you can't have that happen. You got to play more physical, you know. And so it's funny. I was listening to a podcast uh, on the way into work here to, or while I was at work. Phil Jackson was talking to the great music uh, co- uh producer Rick Rubin and he was talking about Kobe Bryant and how the team was practicing three-point shots and Mm -hmm. Kobe's like no 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 I'm not practicing three-point shots yet my my game is going to the rim I'm going to go to the rim eventually now Kobe became a great three-point shooter but Jackson his mindset was going to the rim and I think that's going to be Miami's mindset today because now I think they're used to the length and the height mm-hmm. of Denver. I mean, I think the first week, first game, I think they were startled by the plays that Porter could make and Gordon could make because of their height and mm-hmm. length. I think now they may be accustomed to it and find a path to get there. Yeah, the size advantage was very evident in game one. I think also Miami just looked a little bit tired coming off such a hard-fought seven-game series with the Boston Celtics. Jimmy Butler spoke this week about... Um, how much they do have to overcome with the Denver Nuggets. But, hey, you know Jimmy Butler. He had the last word as well. Take a listen. Oh, tough. <laughs> they do everything well. You got to guard both of them, majority of the time with two people. Uh, and we got to figure that out because that's coming at us every possession, if not every possession, damn sure every other possession. Uh, we'll key in on it. We'll lock in on it. But it, it's tough no matter who it is. No matter who it is, guarding those two guys who – are willing passers and can give you 50 on any given night. And then they got shooters everywhere on the floor. Um, but you're going to have to do hard things to get where you want to get to. Uh, we're okay. We really are. We're, we're very calm. We're very collected. We have so much confidence still. Um, it's not going anywhere. We're going to believe in one another always, no matter what, home or away. And uh, we still going to get four. <laughs> Jimmy Butler never shy about calling his shot, Michael. No, I mean, look, if you study Jimmy Butler going back to Marquette, you know, going back to his early days coming out of high school, you know, not recruited, Buzz Williams gets him to go to Marquette. And and he's one of the most competitive players 
overly competitive players. So there's no quitting him, and he drives the team. He is their leader, and so that's going to be the response. And I, and I think this, and we talked about it yesterday, if you listen to Spolster's press conference after the game, and he talked about the lack of urgency in the first half. He talked about the lack of energy, the lack of really playing the right way in the first half. Now, naturally, they missed a ton of shots, but I think you're going to see a different Miami mm -hmm. team to start this game. You know, and I, I would look towards taking Miami in the points in the first half in this game because Spolster has emphasized it. They talked about it. You know, they're going after it. And part of our job in the betting world is to figure out what is going to be important for the team and then bet with that, you know, mm -hmm. go along with that. And I think the play in the heat in the first half, I'm not saying the Heat are going to win the game. I'm just saying I think we're going to get a different Heat team in this first half coming out of the gate than we saw in game one. Yeah, and I think in order, like in the games this postseason that we've seen Miami have a lot of success, it's when they've come out the gate strong and, and been firing in a yeah. positive way. Um, this, you never want to say must win, especially this early in a series, but with how much love Denver has gotten for them to sweep, 45% um, of tickets that are betting those exacts, uh, exactts are taking the four games to none with Denver, then Miami's got to come out with something. What have you bet? I have Denver in have six. I did the series spread minus oh. one and a half and them to win in six. So we'll see if that's the way that things play out. We're going to continue our so talk about Miami this. tonight. You're in Miami tonight. I am, but I'm also <laughs> potentially rooting for some props that I want to discuss next. So we're going to give you some either ors coming up. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services.
This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com and check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits another way. VSIN's here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. And, of course, the big one tonight, the Miami Heat, an eight-and-a-half-point dog back in ball arena for game two against the Denver Nuggets as the NBA Finals roll on. And, Michael, with that, there are some pretty fun Mm -hmm. prop betting opportunities. And, like, DraftKings has... So many yeah. different markets available that I know. I wanted to think a little outside of the box today, and our guy Elliot hooked it up with some very interesting either or props. So let's start okay. with this one as we enter Better's Choice. Would you rather bet Nikola Jokic to record a triple double for every NBA Finals game or Jokic to outscore Jimmy Butler in every Finals game? Both are plus 750. Well, you're going to answer some of these too. This, oh, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not here on my own here. Yeah, no, I'm you're chiming in. To I just want your opinion you're, first. You're, you're, <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Yeah. I'll go for, I'll be, t- uh, you know, usually uh, I, I would go in this one. I think the triple double in every game because I think Butler will, because Jokic is such a distributor. He's mm-hmm. so good at playing the game that is coming to him, he's never forcing the game. You know, he's never trying to be the hero. He's trying to be the player. And so, and that, and triple doubles come naturally to him. I mean, he only has to score 10 points. The only question, he's going to get 10 assists because they they can't really double him. The only question is, does he get 10 rebounds to do it? And my instincts would be yes. So I, I think they know to take Butler out of the game. And I think if you're Mike Malone, you're saying, look, Struess couldn't make a shot. Caleb Martin's got the flu. Tyler Hero's got a bad thumb. You know, Highsmith played really well, scored 17 points. But, you know, I'll take my chances if I get the ball out of Butler's hands. So I would take Jokic to score, to, to do the triple-double. Real quickly, before it slips my mind, because you did bring up those players, Caleb Martin dealing with a little bit of an illness, it seems. So we'll see um, what his availability and if he does play, like what his minutes are like in this one. And Tyler Hero is still technically listed as out. But you know how the NBA can be. Sometimes that doesn't necessarily mean that's how things are going to play out. And I've seen a number of reports that That, say that maybe he's trying to go to That's only out for the moment. That's only out for like Out for right now, this minute. Yeah, right this second. Now, it could change 20 minutes from now. Yes, exactly. How many times did we see that with Giannis Antetokounmpo where like probable actually meant doubtful and questionable meant he's in. So we'll see how things play out there. As far as this one goes, I lean the same way. I think that if I had to pick, and keep in mind, these are both plus 750 for a reason. It is very, very hard for both of those things to occur in this series. But for Jokic, he does have a triple-double in six of the last seven games nine this postseason had 27 14 and 10 last game 10 assists by halftime by the way how wrong were we about his assist prop that night um but oh, i know and you know you missed it oh i gotta tell you this you missed what? it femi comes in on friday 
I mean, was it Friday that he came? Yeah, he came yeah. in on Friday with the. I mean, his his he had to get an extension for his arm. He was patting himself on the back so much about the assist. You know, he was all about it. You know, and I had it at halftime. He couldn't wait to say it. It was the easiest bet I've ever made in my life. And I'm like, Thanks, well, Stoney and I both thought they were going to force the ball out of his head. You know, Great. he couldn't wait the entire two hour show. I had to listen to him talk about that assist thing. So wow. yeah, I, I I actually was with you. I agree. I thought. And even uh, even Barkley and, and listening to some of the commentary after the game, everybody kind of felt like they were going to take – George Carl mm-hmm. thought they would try to take the ball out of his hands. But it's hard to do because he's so good at seeing double teams coming to him, and he's such a great passer. Yeah, 14 assists is what he ended up with on the night. And just – I mean, the efficiency in everything that he does is so clear. Just 12 shots on the night – Ends up with 27 points as well. So, um, okay, let's move on to the next one here. Aaron Gordon to score 20 or more points in a finals game or Jamal Murray to lead the NBA finals in scoring. Aaron Gordon plus 145 and Murray plus 165 in those respective props. I, I, I you know, look, I think that Spolster saw enough of Aaron Gordon in the last game to know that we got to have to do something to keep him from being as aggressive as he was. Uh, and he was good. I mean, look, he he has such a height advantage. He's got such a physicality advantage. But I, I got to believe that Murray is the key. Carl said it yesterday on our show that, you know, you got to be do something to get Murray out of the game, out of the flow. He's so good, and he's able to, to score, and he's playing at such a high level. I lean here. This is a hard one. I lean towards Murray here, but I, I could flip either way. I don't know what you feel like. I, because Gordon, there's just – not a good matchup with Miami on Gordon. Yes, and so I did fall in the same camp as you for a number of reasons, but Jamal Murray currently just one point back of Jokic after game one. He averaged 32.5 points per game uh, against the Lakers, had higher scoring outputs on average than Jokic in two of the three series coming into this one. So I feel like he could certainly be the guy who ends up leading in scoring for this series. Meanwhile, Aaron Gordon, I was kind of just going through his Uh, game log numbers he's only gone over 20 points twice this season and you just said and you're not sure if the matchups are necessarily gonna make it worth for him throughout the course of a long series Um, that 16 point night for him in game one came on seven to ten shooting and I'm just not sure he's that efficient type of a player that I can trust but again he's only gone over 20 twice this season game four against the Lakers he had 22 game one against Phoenix he had 23 so if I had to pick between those two I actually kind of like the plus 165 for Jamal Murray to get that done. And to go yeah, back to the I, last one as well with Jimmy, the Jimmy Butler prop that we were talking about with him versus Jokic for Jokic to, to have more points every single game. Like I would be shocked if we didn't get a Jimmy Butler game, right? Yeah. Just they, like well, they're going to need one. a Jimmy yeah. Butler game to win, right? They got to get one he has to be the guy and you know, and, and he will, I mean, he will, but they have so many answers for Butler. They have some, they have length, and, you know, they protect the rim well. So he's going to have to shoot really. And, you know, even though they had a lot of easy shots in the game, the last game, they didn't make them. You know, Butler wasn't exactly the driving force. I, I think this is going to be a hard, hard series for Butler. Look, Malone doesn't want to go home after a game and say, I knew Butler was going to beat us and I didn't do anything about yeah. it. 
Yep, and a quiet game one, certainly just 13 points for the Heat star. Okay, Duncan Robinson to make five plus three-pointers in a finals game or Max Struess to hit five or more three-pointers. Both are four to one and neither can be trusted. But I'll I'll take Robinson in this one. Where do you lean? Uh, I, I'm going to go Struess because, okay. I mean, the guy was the 0 for 9 from there. Yes, I mean, I've yes, seen Struess. I mean, when they... When they beat Chicago, it was Struess that won that game for him. I mean, to play in game. Remember that one? I mean, he couldn't miss a shot. He was unbelievable. So I'll go Struess here because I do think Struess will get more minutes. This is strictly about who's going to play more, right? Yeah. And I think Struess would play more. He'll have more minutes. He'll have more chances. Look, Struess is going to have to make threes. He's going to have to make them. And I don't. I can't imagine he goes 0 for 9 again. And Eric Spolstra evidently feels very comfortable in letting his shooter shoot. Take a listen. At, at the yep. end of the day, it still ended up in a, in a loss. So, uh, yes, we felt like there's some things that we could do better, you know, defensively. But the game may be totally different in game two. We have to be open to the competition and do whatever is necessary. Uh, in terms of the shooters, that's pretty simple. Let it fly. Ignite. You know, once those they see two go down it could be three it could turn into six just like that uh as long as uh we're getting those kind of clean looks you know that's what matters and then obviously uh we want to have a little bit more balance with our attacks and and paint opportunities uh, against a team that does a good job taking it away yeah and he mentioned the good looks like i think the thing that if you are a heat fan or backer yeah. that was concerning last game was the fact that they were getting open looks and open opportunities uncontested threes and just not finding a way to put them down went from 55 percent in the eastern conference finals and uncontested freeze against boston to 34.6 percent there in game one caleb martin duncan robinson and max drews a combined two of 23 overall for the game not what you need but as far as my pick on robinson no. here he's hit five threes um, three times this postseason, once each series to get to this point. Meanwhile, your boy Struess, while he's throwing them up, he's only hit four <laughs> twice and hasn't gone over five. I'm just saying. Yeah, well, I mean, look, you got logic on your side. I don't disagree with you, but I, I think one thing what Spolster said is you got to keep letting them fly. Struess yeah. is going to let it fly. I'm just playing – I'm playing the minute effect. You know, how many minutes a guy's going to play, and, and he's got to shoot well. And if he makes – what Eric said there, if he makes one, he's going to get into a rhythm and get mm -hmm. going. Because I got to tell you, he had some really good corner look threes in game one that he just didn't make. I, I agree with you there, and we'll see if some of them can finally fall. And if he can indeed get hot, still can't get over the fact that as a team, two free throw attempts. Oh. We'll see how much that changes here. It's unbelievable, here. right? It's insane. It, there's the fewest... yeah, Well, they let them play too, right? Yep. They let them play in the game. It was a physical game. They didn't really, I mean, I think what, Denver had 20 free throws, but I mean, they let them play. It was the fewest attempts that we have seen in an NBA playoff game ever and bam out of bio got a respect in post game he said hey well at least we made history we gotta take a quick break uh <laughs> when we come back we'll hear from the nugget side of things with altitude reporter who covers the team vic lombardi This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network.
Become a smarter sports better with a VSIN Pro subscription for limited time. If you sign up, it's just $9.99. You get full access to everything we do here at VSIN, including daily pro picks on all of the summer action that has NFL and college football futures, premium analysis from our team of top handicappers and industry experts, 24 7 video access, and pro tools like our exclusive betting splits showing you where the public and sharp money is going to give you an edge. Don't miss out on our lowest intro price of the year. Visit vsin.com/slash subscribe to sign up today. We continue our NBA Finals conversation. The Nuggets rolled at home in game one, 104 to 93. They remain perfect inside Ball Arena. Can they keep it going tonight in game two? Uh, alongside Michael Lombardi, I'm Stormy Bonantoni. And with this show being the Lombardi line, always fitting to welcome back onto the program, Vic <laughs> Lombardi of Altitude Sports covers the Denver Nuggets very closely as a reporter and host all things Denver sports. Welcome in, Vic. How are you today? Great to join you. We're great here in Denver, as uh, you'd expect. I, yeah, I can imagine um, everybody riding high and people already screaming sweep and trying to get the brooms out with the way that that opening game went. But got to play this thing one one game at a time, as Michael Malone knows well. I loved the soundbite he had after game one saying that, yes, we won. But what he was most excited about was that they won and they still had so much room to grow and to get better because they did not play anything close to their best game. How do you feel they show up here in game two? Um, I think game two is going to be tough. Every game two in this playoff run for the Nuggets has been tough. You know, in every game two, uh, every playoff series, they've actually trailed going into the fourth quarter. Minnesota, Phoenix, and the Lakers. But... They've won those games. They've managed to persevere. The, the Nuggets uh, have really surprised me, guys. They've, they've surprised me by the fact that they can remain poised. They can remain focused. They can remain level-headed even after they win. And uh, this team, it just seems like it's just destined for greatness because of that. And that comes from the head coach, and it comes from their best player, Nicole Jokic. Uh, you say it, it, they they have done this. Have you seen times where they weren't like this, Vic, where they didn't have the poise, they didn't have the patience, or has this been something that's been building under the Malone's eight seasons as the Nuggets head coach? I think it's been building, Michael. This is a team that has not uh, handled success that well. Um, you know, again, they almost frittered away a big lead in the Western Conference, partially because they had that big lead and they didn't need to. But they, every time they've had huge leads during the course of the season, other teams have been able to, to knock away at it. I, I think this team is so committed right now and so gifted that they understand what is in front of them, what they can do, become the first NBA champion in Denver history. They've already achieved a lot of firsts. This is the first time they've been here in an NBA final. So they're walking a road that's never been walked before in Denver, Colorado. And they're doing so very carefully. They're not putting one foot ahead of the other. Put it that way. They're not assuming a parade yet. The rest of us might be. The rest of the media might be. But this team knows that you give Miami an opening, and we've seen Miami in in these playoffs. You give them an opening, watch out. Yeah, Miami so far in the postseason has had a way of overcoming whatever has really been put in their path. We know the heat culture and the way that they carry themselves as a group. The game's never over till it's over with them. When it comes to their shooting, obviously it was brutal in game one, especially from three, very uncharacteristic for them for the uncontested shots from range. Do you get the feeling based on the types of shots that they had available in game one, that that's going to have some positive regression and they're going to be have more success in that area tonight against Denver? 
Oh, there's no no doubt about it. Listen, Miami is going to have to shoot better. Max Struess is not going to go 0 for 10 again. Caleb Martin is not going to shoot as poorly as he did again. But on the other side, Nuggets didn't shoot all that great. Michael Porter Jr. had a horrific shooting night from the three. I think the Nuggets have room to improve there. You might see a different kind of game from Miami. I think Jimmy Butler said it best yesterday. He's got to get to the rim. He was not engaged at the rim. The trouble with that is this. The Nuggets are long. That's a big team. Their front line is seven foot six ten six eight. So when you get inside that paint, it's hard to finish. It's a very difficult team in which to finish. So Jimmy's going to have his hands full there. It's easier said than done to get to the rim against the squad. Yeah, you know, and it felt like when G- I think they were rather uncomfortable going to the rim because I think they kind of the, the length of Denver kind of took them by surprise. Did you get that sense, Vic? hundred percent. And, you know, Bam Adebayo got most of his damage done in the paint, but it was all uh, seven foot, five foot floaters, hooks. It wasn't anything right at the rim. And and I think the Nuggets are comfortable with that. If, if you told the Nuggets the formula to beat Miami is let Bam uh, single up and do his thing, but stop Jimmy or hold Jimmy in check and the rest of the guys in check, they will take that this entire series. It's when the other guys get to work. So, I'm very curious to see what adjustments Spolstra makes. At the same time, let's not forget, the Nuggets are capable of adjustments too. I just think the Nuggets are a better team. They're a balanced team. And the balance at the end will win out. So with that, with Denver being the better team, in your opinion, do you have a feel for how many games this thing goes? Like you said, you know, everybody's already planning the parade in in the city, but whether it's, uh, is it going to be a sweep? Are they capable of that? Is it 4-1? Is it 4-2? How do you foresee things playing out? Well, we saw the sweep in LA, so I know they're capable of that. I would not expect a sweep. I, I think this is a series that could go 5-6. Wouldn't be surprised if Miami just steps up and grabs one or two, but I I would be shocked if it's a sweep. And if it is a sweep, it's because Denver is so ultra focused. That focus that they displayed in Los Angeles down 15 at halftime and able to dominate the third quarter. That's about as good as you can play on the road in hostile conditions. So if they could replicate that, it's over. I just don't know how accessible that game is. I know this, they're the better team and the better team should win the series. Yeah, no no question. And they have all – they seem like their toolbox bigger than Miami Heat's toolbox in the sense that they can answer a lot of the problems that Miami might present, and they present way more. Let's shift to the Denver Broncos because having you on, it, we get a doubleheader, right? We can get yeah. to talk about the Nuggets and sure. we get to talk about – you, you know, Russell Wilson's incredible weight loss. What was the motivation behind his weight loss? Did he feel like he wasn't getting out of the way as quickly as he once did earlier in his career? Did he feel like it needed more energy? I mean, here's a guy that's got a team of people around him. What made this happen? Well, I think he came into the season thinking if he's bulked up, he can withstand the hits, right? Every quarterback wants that, you know, get more, get more meat around your bones. I mean, if you get jostled around, you'll be able to absorb it. But after reviewing the tape, the film, and then maybe sitting down with Sean Payton, I think his, his ability to avoid those hits is more important than taking those hits. And when you're bigger, it's hard to avoid those hits. So um, he does look slimmer. He does look trimmer. I, I guarantee you Sean Payton had a lot to do with that. The one focus Sean Payton has had on this offseason 
not as much about, hey, let's uh, deliver them the playbook and get them to, to eat that up early. No, man, just hit the weight room, run, and get that stuff done in OTAs. They've spent the last couple months running and lifting. You know, he's an old-school Parcells guy, Peyton is. Get that out of the way. Get in shape first. Then we'll worry about the playbook. We, we saw so many head, headlines last year, Vic, that were like, is Russell Wilson broken? What's going on? Why can't they score in the red zone? All, the, all these different things. How significant is the change at head coach for Russell Wilson, upgrading from Nathaniel Hackett to Sean Payton and, and that duo being able to get the offense on track? Well, I think it can be monumental only because th- this coach is going to help hold him accountable. Uh, and, and this coach is also going to surround him with pieces that will help him help himself. You saw them upgrade the offensive line already, adding a couple key pieces there. Uh, they, they've added a running back. They're, they're, they, they drafted a receiver, which surprised us here in Denver. We thought the receiving core was already full, but they've done some things offensively to make Russ's job easier. But the guy who's going to make it easiest, I think, is Sean Payton. He's going to take some things off his plate and allow him to succeed at what he does best. That's the kind of Russell Wilson yeah. we're going to see this season. Over eight and a half wins? I would say yes. I, you know what? I think I think the Broncos are capable of nine or ten wins. With a new coach, go. a new look, and, and, and a refurbished rust, I don't see why not. There were a lot of close games last year. Remember, a lot of close hey, games hey, where management Vic, how, Yeah. How is it going with Vance Joseph's return, now defensive coordinator, former head coach? Michael, it's going great. Uh, you know, you can come back in a span of four years when you're working as a D.C. because that's what he did best. And there's still a lot of guys on this defense that he coached, and they love him. They love Vince Joseph. They do. Justin Simmons told him, told me it's, it's like a glove. It fits perfectly. So I think Vance Joseph is a good pickup now. He's got to run the defense, and he's got to do it properly. Uh, Sean Payton is an offensive-minded coach. He's going to let his defensive guys do their thing. But – you know as well as I do, Sean Payton has his hand on everything. Awesome stuff, Vic. Thank you no for doing question. this. Vic, great job. Thank you. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Enjoy the game tonight again. The You're Miami. You're going to bet that, Stormy. You're going to go bet that over on Denver, aren't you? You're going to go bet that Broncos over. From nine, seven, five huh? and You're twelve a year ago. Let's get the turnaround, baby. Over eight and a half wins. Yeah. Competitive in the AFC West. You love to see it. We got to take a break. JVT, Jonathan Von Tobel, senior NBA handicapper here at the network, is next. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex-
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Even a wager that misses can still be a slam dunk with BetMGM, an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Place the same game parlay wager with four legs or more on any of these NBA Finals games. And even if you miss one leg, you'll still receive up to 50 bucks back in bonus bets. Just log into your account or download the BetMGM app and sign up today to get started. Take the court with confidence when you parlay with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. 21 and up to wager, visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in select states. You can call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Kansas and Nevada. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Missouri in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Welcome back to the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. I'm Stormy Bonantoni alongside Michael Lombardi out east in Jersey. We welcome into the show now our guy Jonathan Von Tobel, senior NBA betting analyst here at the network. Uh, we'll dive into all thing, things Nuggets and Heat here in a moment. But real quickly, you had been on it about Sergei Bobrovsky potentially getting brought oh, down oh. to earth a little bit. And it happened last night with the VGK. Huge win for them. Uh, it was, and I actually kind of thought, I don't know about you, Stormy, you're a more trained hockey eye than I. I thought 5-2 to two was not indicative of how well Vegas played yesterday. I, I thought they were awesome. Uh, I thought they were generating a ton of uh, high-danger chances and good shots on goal. I actually thought Florida, you could kind of tell, I don't think it was the Game 7 thing, but you could tell Florida was getting frustrated. I was surprised with how much they were getting away with after the whistle throughout that game. So that was a really good win for the Vegas Golden Knights, and Aiden Hill was brilliant. So we'll see if they can carry that through, because that dude was on one, too. What, what bets have you made for this uh, JVT on on the series? So for the Vegas Golden Knights or for the uh, for the the basketball, Michael? <laughs> no, uh, we're going to go basketball later. We're talking Vegas okay. Knights here. We got Stormy's got to make sure she takes this victory lap for right. a while. Well, so I'll say this. So I actually I only bet uh, Vegas in the in the game and for the series. So it's off to a good start. Uh, and then I was at a, a watch party with a bunch of friends who who watched this way more than I do. So they gave me, uh, I think they gave me last night, four different goal scorer props that two of them hit. It's a pretty good plus prices. So it was a good night overall. I think that's why I'm so tired and why my voice sounds so husky. We'll put, we'll put it that way. There you <laughs> go. I loved the goal from Mark Stone, just like the witchcraft and yep. wizardry, getting the puck out of thin air. Um, that one was fun. And then you mentioned Aiden Hill being great. That save he had in the second period on Nick Cousins was just was amazing. straight robbery. It was awesome. Um, but thank you so much for joining us. Uh, glad you had fun last night watching the game. And I'm sure 
sure you'll have some fun watching tonight, sweating out a number of bets. You did bet an over on the 214 and a half early, that opening number for game two. We're already seeing it up to 215 and a half, some 216s out there. Is that still a viable number you think for people to get in on? I would say Stormy 215 and a half is not unplayable. So if you want to go and bet over 215 and a half, that, that's something that is still has some value in it by my measure. Because look, there's there's a couple of things, right? You know, I, I talked with Michael about this yesterday. The clear and obvious one is the improvement in three-point shooting. Denver is the best three-point shooting team in the postseason. They shot 29% from three in game one. Uh, Miami is the third best three-point shooting team in the postseason. They only shot just about 36%, maybe just underneath that mark. I think it might have been 35 if you take out the heaves uh, at the end of quarters and halves, like cleaning the glass does. So both teams can improve in terms of their shooting. So that's one clear and obvious point to point to. I think one of the other things, Stormy, that we're really going to start to see here from Miami, because they have a question about what they want to do. Do they want to go and match size? Does Kevin Love get into this game? Or what I think they might actually do is say, size be damned, let's stay what we're doing, but let's pick up the pace here a little bit. Denver was one of the worst transition defenses off of live rebounds in the NBA regular season. They were the worst transition defense off live rebounds of all of the postseason teams. When I say postseason, I include those play-in teams as well. So that is a clear and obvious weakness for Denver. Miami only ran on about 9% of their live rebounds in game one. It's abysmal. It's a very minimal amount. I would expect them to pick that up a little bit here, especially with two days to get their lungs engaged and get used to everything that the altitude brings in terms of playing there. So I think when you're talking about improved shooting, maybe more pace from the Miami Heat as well. And I know we'll talk about him in a little bit, but the potential of the return for Tyler Hero, who is a guy who raises your floor a little bit on offense, but also you know lowers your floor on defense. All of those factors could lead to an over, especially after such a strong adjustment from 218.5 in game one to 214.5 in game two. Uh, and we talk about Hero. Caleb Martin, we, we, whether yep. he has the flu or not, if he doesn't play, do you think Highsmith enters the starting lineup or do you think they go to Kevin Love? I, I, I think it's probably Highsmith, Michael, only because he just gives you a little bit more athleticism. You know, and if, if, you're, if you're going to go down the path of starting to run a little bit more, Putting Kevin Love out there doesn't really help you. Now, Kevin Love does give you another rebounder, which would help, but he's also not like a dynamic and physical rebounder. So some of those things that are available in terms of loose balls, whether it's you know Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic, or others, I, I think Denver is still going to win that battle. I don't know if, if Kevin Love really you know improves you as a team rebounding-wise. He only just gives you size because you know of his actual size. So I think if I'm if I'm Eric Spolstra and I've seen that Haywood Highsmith in the minutes that he has gotten, whether it's you know in game one or whether in that Eastern Conference Finals, the games that he got into it, he gives you good minutes, man. He's a springy kid. He can score. Uh, of course, he can rebound. He can run the floor when you need to get out there and run. I, I think that the option would be to go with Haywood Highsmith. And he's 6'7", so he does give you a little bit of size along the wing. I think that helps you a little bit more. I think we see Kevin Love. But to your point, if Caleb Martin's not going to play or if he's not going to be available or Michael... I mean, heck, we saw him effectively get benched in game one for more size for Haywood Highsmith. Even if he's just benched, yeah. I think you're going with Highsmith as opposed to Kevin Love. Yeah, and the size disparity was evident for sure yep. in game one. Uh, here with VSIN, senior NBA analyst, host of the Hardwood Handicappers podcast as well, Jonathan Von Tobel. And let's, I mean, you teed it up. Let's talk about Tyler Hero. He's officially listed as out as of right now. But all of the tweets from reporters on scene are saying like, hey, actually, like, don't count him out yet because you have up until game time. He's been out here practicing. What do you make of the expectation or lack thereof of Tyler Hero to play tonight? Don't count out the guy listed as out. That is uh, <laughs> something that's brilliant. Look, I, you, you guys know me. I love the NBA. It is not without its flaws. And I am always fair handed when it comes to pointing out flaws of things that I enjoy. And this is one of them. 
you should not be listed as out and still be able to play the day of their game. They're, like There should be some sort of line of demarcation. And look, in a standalone game like this, where everybody's eyes are on it and everybody's waiting for reports and everybody's looking at it, it, is the damage as strong as it is for somebody like me who's sitting there on January 17th on a Monday waiting to see what Orlando and Charlotte's lineups are going to look like right in the middle of the regular season? No, but this is just part of a bigger problem for the NBA. You know, they did it with Shea Gilders Alexander all the time. The kid would be listed as out up until four hours before the game would start. All of a sudden, it's doubtful. All of a sudden, it's questionable. And all of a sudden, he's playing. And that has an effect on the game line. It has an effect on the total. And while it won't be as impactful here today, Stormy, this is just, again, something that the NBA needs to fix. You should not be listed as out. And I get it. Like, we're all paying attention. But this is part of a bigger problem for the NBA. So if he plays, look, that does affect the total. And what we talked about with the total, I could see it climb even higher if Tyler Hero is out there because of what he doesn't do on defense and what he does do on offense. But overall, this is just a large scheme thing here with the NBA. You got to change at the very least what's going on with your injury reports because this nonsense happens all throughout the regular season and it's way more impactful there than it is in a standalone NBA Finals game where everybody's paying attention. You know, but my question is if they play Tuesday night in Miami, correct? Like what's going to happen for Tyler Hero's thumb between Sunday at 8 o'clock and Tuesday at 8, like 48 hours, how much change is going to occur? I can't imagine much. Right, of course. So, like, like it's just a game that they're playing, and I would agree with you. And I, I think, too, Michael, like, it, I, I think it's not that they don't like Tyler Hero, because obviously they do. He's a very good player. But I think Eric Spolster also realizes what Tyler Hero brings to the table, both offensively and defensively. I think you kind of want to see if you get one more crack at this and see if you can split it before you go back home, right? Because you're not in the worst position if you lose two games on the road. We know how everything goes with the cliches and all that kind of stuff. And maybe get him back and more comfortable. Because think about this, too, Michael. Would you want your first game of live action coming off of an injury being in altitude against the Denver Nuggets? Because that's got to be quite the challenge for here. I know he's probably been working on his conditioning, but still your first game action up in Denver against the Nuggets, that's going to be a lot more challenging than it is, you know, back at sea level, essentially playing at home against Miami with some familiar shooting backgrounds to get you a little bit more comfortable. I, I would, I, if you were to ask me, like if like, I'm a gambling man, I would lean toward Tyler Hero not playing today. I think it makes a lot more sense to get him ready for game three back at home. But that's just how I feel. I don't really have a good read on how it might feel. See, and the only reason I was kind of buying into it was like, okay, like you feel that there's going to be a lot of pressure on that game three at home to win. Maybe give him game two to ease into the lineup a little bit. And then game three, really put your best foot forward. Yeah, but I think the pressure is different because you're back at home, right? It's, it's like I said, it's familiar in terms of the shooting backgrounds. You've played in that gym quite a bit. You understand where it's at. And, the, and it's friendly pressure, right, to a certain extent, Stormy, right? It's your crowd that's there. Uh, so it's not like it's going to get entirely hectic instead of playing it over there in Denver. But I think for me, the biggest key is that altitude because it's one thing to get reconditioned. You know, I'm, you know Michael, I've seen this with football players. Getting reconditioned to get ready to go back into the game after a long absence is something. But then using that conditioning once you get back into the game is something entirely different. And to do that at altitude and thin air is pretty tough. Good stuff, JVT. Thanks, buddy. Hey, good to talk to you guys. Thanks. Thanks, JVT. Check him out at me, JVT, on Twitter. Also, the Hardwood Handicappers podcast available wherever you get your podcasts, preview in every game, series numbers, props, the whole thing. He and Kelly Bidlin. You can also catch him later on this afternoon. Live bet Sunday beginning at 3 p.m. Eastern on VSIN. Hour two ahead. We will turn our attention to the NFL. This is an NFL show. I know. Stunning. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 